We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, you sweet soul and my wonderful, wonderful friend. So how is your relationship with the universe? And how deep is your faith? Years ago, I have to say for me, it was not good and my faith did not go very deep. I looked at the state of my life and thought to myself, God must really not like me. Nothing was working. And though I would often hear we are powerful creators, I did not seem to have any power. I was not creating anything good. In fact, couldn't even seem to manipulate myself out of a paper bag. This is what inspired me to finally have some authentic and perhaps initially angry conversations with God. I finally asked, what is it you want from me? Because my opinion doesn't seem to matter very much right now. This is when I was met with a God wink or two and what inspired me to start embarking on my healing path. In a way, it seemed like I had been banging my head against a wall and felt like a victim and unworthy because this wall did not open like a door. Then as I relaxed and stepped back and started my conversation with the universe, I noticed other doors and windows opening for me. What I know for sure is that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And so they did. The right books, the right classes, the right situations, people, workshops, and more showed up. Today, I'm very grateful that those long-ago walls did not turn into doors. And I thank God that I didn't get what I thought I wanted. Because what God wanted for me was so much more magnificent, miraculous, and magical than I could have ever created on my own. So today I want to share with you a story that really opened my mind and heart to a deeper relationship with that something greater. It's called the story of sovereignty. I wasn't familiar with this term, but after this story, I really not only understood the term, but embodied it and live in this place of sovereignty with the divine on a daily basis. And so I'm very excited to share this with you. I heard this from Jean Houston years ago when um, I was graduating with my degree in spiritual psychology, and she shared this with our class. And again, it was life-changing, and I think you're going to enjoy it as well. So one day, King Arthur was hunting in a forest with his men. As he wandered off alone, stalking a deer, a huge shadowy figure stepped out. From the forest. And the shadowy figure said, King Arthur, for many years you've done me wrong, and now it's time for me to get my revenge. His name was Sir Gromer. Quickly, the king said, to slay me here would bring you no honor. All the knights will refuse to sit by you, and your name will be something to be ashamed of forever. I'll grant you anything you want. What do you want? Land, gold, to spare my life. What do you want? Sir Gromer said, there's no land or gold that I want from you. However, I will get what I seek from you in an honorable way. I'm going to give you a chance to answer a question, to solve a riddle. And one year and one day from now, you must appear before me in the woods without your friends to come with you and solve this riddle. And if you cannot, 
I will take your life then. But if you do solve the riddle correctly, there will be no battle. So you must swear in your honor that this is what will happen, that you will be back in one year and one day. So the king said, yes, I agree. I'll take this. Um, I'll take this opportunity and solve your riddle. So he says, okay, King Arthur, you must answer this question. You must tell me, what is it women really want? What is it women really want? So King Arthur thought to himself, this can't be that hard. You know, I, I understand women, I think. And then I'm also surrounded by some of the most intelligent, wise people of the kingdom. So I should be able to come back here in a year and a day with the answer. So he goes back, he finds his, um, his, his compadres and they think he looks a little sad and downtrodden. They're like, what's going on? He goes, why well, I, I ran into this guy and I have to solve this riddle or I'm going to get, I'm going to get taken down in a year. And they said, well, what is it? And he didn't feel like he wanted to tell anybody. He took his, his knight, his wonderful, youthful, good friend knight and asked him this question, Sir Gawain, what is it women really want? And he goes, you know what? I think I know. I think they want to be loved, adored, cherished. I think they want to be, um, they want to get married. They want wonderful shoes. They want beautiful clothes. They want diamonds. They want pearls. And he goes, well, we need to make sure we get the right answer so that um, I'm not killed. So they go out and they interview everybody in the kingdom to try to get this answer. And they come up with a list, but it doesn't seem like things are quite right. So there's whisperings of a wise woman living in a forest that knows the answer to every question. And so King Arthur decides he's going to go camping and he's going to find this wise woman. And so we're coming down to crunch time. It's been a year and they've, they've gathered, gathered all these answers and the list of answers is in this book. And so he goes into the forest and he sets up camp and he's thinking to himself, I really want to connect with this, this, this wise woman. And he hears some rustlings behind a tree and he goes, is that you? And she goes, who is it you're looking for? He goes, I'm looking for the wise woman. She goes, yes, that's probably me. And she, he goes, what's your name? She said, Lady Ragnall. And so he goes, I have a question for you. I must find the answer to this, all right? My life could be taken. And she goes, okay, what is it? He goes, I must find out what women really, really want. And she goes, I know the answer. And he goes, well, please share it with me. And he goes, she goes, but you have to give me what I want. And he goes, what is that? And he goes, I want to marry Sir Gawain, the fairest knight in your kingdom. And he goes, okay, we can make this deal. That sounds fine. He's single. He, he needs a good wife. So she steps out from behind the tree and he sees the most ugly woman he's ever seen in his life. She was old and haggard with warts all over her face and thin, ragged hair. She had missing teeth and hunchback and, and to boot, she didn't smell that great. So he's like, oh my, <laughs> this, this could not bode well for my young knight. So she goes, okay, if I get the answer right, I want to get married to this man and I want pomp and circumstance. I want the white wedding and, and I want the happily ever after. And, and he's like, oh, ooh, what am I going to do? But well, maybe she's not got the answer right. So I guess it can't hurt to find out what she has to say. And he goes, okay, if you're right, I promise, I promise. So she goes, what women want 
is sovereignty. He goes, what does that mean? She goes, some might believe women want to be beautiful, that we desire the attention from many, many men or that we deserve and desire to be loved well. This is not the truth. The truth is that we want to make choices on our own. We want to live our lives as we choose. We want to be trusted, not to be controlled or manipulated, but we want sovereignty. So the king goes back into the forest to find Sir Gromer. And he goes, I have the answer. I know what women want. And he goes, what is it? And he goes through this list. He goes through every single answer. And it's no, 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 this is not what women want. He finally gets to the last answer. Sir Gromer's like, I'm going to kill you now because this was the agreement. And so he finally says, what women want is sovereignty. Sir Gromer was dismayed because that was the correct answer. He goes, you must have gotten the answer from my sister, Lady Ragnall. May she burn on fire. Now I have to let you go. And he was thrilled and elated that he got the answer correct. But then he was disturbed that he was going to have to finally tell Sir Gawain that he had to marry this, this woman. He was a little mortified. So he goes back to the kingdom and he finds Sir Gawain and he says, I, I have the answer and I, I, I've been spared. My life has been spared, but I, I have a little bit of bad news. And he goes, what's that? He goes, you have to get married now. That was the agreement. And he goes, well, I'd be happy to do that for you. I'm sure you've picked me out a lovely bride. <laughs> and uh, he goes, well, that's the thing. She's not really that attractive. She seems very wise, though. And he goes, well, I'll do anything for you. You're my king. So he goes to uh, Lady Ragnall in the forest. And he goes, okay, come back. We got to get you ready for your wedding day. And she's very excited. So she comes back with uh, the king to the kingdom. And he brings in. Sir Gawain to meet his lovely bride and they meet and he sees her and he's like, oh my, this is not, this is not good. This is not what I expected. So the king goes, well, I'll let you get to know your new bride here and, uh, you know, start preparing for the wedding. And of course, um, Sir Gawain is a little bit disturbed by this, but they have a conversation and she goes, you know, I'm, I'm very excited about being your bride, but there's something I want you to know. There's somebody I want you to meet. So she leaves and comes back and he sees the most beautiful woman coming out from behind the store. And he's like, what happened to, to Lady Gawain? She goes, this is me. The most beautiful woman he'd ever seen. Long flowing hair, big, beautiful, bright eyes, young, smooth skin, a beautiful figure. He goes, I don't understand what happened. She goes, you, my sir, have a choice to make. You can either marry me and I will look like this in public as this beautiful woman. But in the bedchambers, when we're alone at night, I'm going to show up as the other version of myself, as the older, not so attractive aspect and version of myself. He goes, oh. She goes, or in public, I will look like the haggard old crone. And in private, in the bedchambers at night, I shall look like this young, youthful maiden that you see now. He's like, oh. So he sits and he considers and he contemplates. And he tries on these different possibilities. And he just frowns. He just can't seem to come up with a solution that feels really very good. So he goes, you know what? I'd like you to decide what's best for you. 
And she goes, that, my dear sir, is sovereignty. And because you have chosen to allow me to make my choice, I will look like this all the time. And so the wedding ensued with Sir Gawain and Lady Ragnall getting married. And she's a beautiful, beautiful woman. And in the bedchambers and the honeymoon and the rest of the life, she's a beautiful, beautiful, wise woman inside and out. So for me, the takeaway and the moral of this story is, go for God and all things will be added unto thee. I have found as I have given sovereignty to God in all areas of my life, what he does for me and gives to me is far beyond me trying to create of my own understanding. So there are times, of course, that I have preference. I want things to look a certain way. And I do believe our pain and suffering comes from our attachments. What are we resisting and what are we attached to? So anytime you're suffering, if you ask yourself, what am I attached to? What am I resisting? And if you relax, if you invite God in and say, God, help me with this. And you decide, make your path clear before me. The way things can unfold from that place, it's often filled with synchronicity, with miracles, with grace, with ease. Rather than trying to control or manipulate or force or push or press, I found as I've relaxed into this place of sovereign relationship with the divine, my life is met with much greater grace and ease. You know, years ago, I had uh, bought a condominium in Marina del Rey. I had a couple of jobs lined up. I was a spokesperson for one job and I had a modeling contract and I thought this is the perfect time for me to buy this condominium. And um, signed on it, moved into it, very excited. But then one job fell away and then the other job. And I was, I was so scared because there was no way. I mean, this condo, it was tripling my, um, my bills for, the, for every month. And I was, I was absolutely mortified about what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I finally sat down and had a conversation with God. I said, look, I'm in this situation and these jobs fell through and I'm not sure what the highest good for all concerned here is, but I know you know. And if I need to surrender this condominium, if that's my highest good, I will. I give it to you. I invite you in to reveal to me the path you would have me walk for my highest good of all, for all concerned. And so rather than holding on to my condominium in the situation with like clenched fist, I opened my hand and relaxed and said, God, you decide, you decide and let me know what you want me to do. The next day I got a phone call from um, a company that I had done some modeling for. And they said, Tammy, we're so busy. We can't process all our orders. Can, do you have uh, a way to process credit cards? I said, yes, I do. And she goes, well, if you take these numbers and call these people, you can buy these air purifiers for wholesale and sell them retail. I was like, huh, I can do that. And so um, I started this process. I made, I made $300 that day making three phone calls. I could not believe it. And then it continued to expand from there. I ended up um, making more money in the next six months of my life than I'd ever made before. I was astonished by how things 
fell into place once I surrendered to God and said, you decide. I went for God and all things were added unto thee. And I'm grateful in retrospect that I didn't make things happen of my own accord, because then I think if that would have been rewarded, me just putting my head down, working hard, manipulating things and creating from separation and ego, never would have gotten to this place of relaxed alignment and co-creation. And it really is such a beautiful and magnificent way of living our lives on planet Earth. But so many of us are running around in fear, in attachment, in control, and in ego that we cannot manifest the kingdom of heaven, that we do not experience this life of gentle grace and divine support. So it does take courage. It does take a leap of faith, but it can be met with so much grace. I've talked about this briefly in um, a show that I did recently. I've actually created something that I call a God box. And um, I just did it in my mind, but then I ended up creating one. I got a wooden box. I went to Michael's. It was really kind of fun. And I painted it and I put butterflies on it. I put crystals on it. And this was my symbol of a God box. And the subconscious mind loves symbolism. So as we do this, it can be very powerful and very helpful to really um, elicit the help of the subconscious mind and connect with the superconscious mind. So creating this God box, anytime I have a challenge or an issue, and it could be with a relationship, it could be a health challenge, it could be financial. What I'll do sometimes is just maybe write a letter or a note to God and I put it in the God box and I request clarity and support. My next steps, may my next steps be revealed to me with grace and ease. And I put it in the God box and then I relax. It's in God's hands. And what better place could it be? And then I look for the guidance. I look for the red flags and the green lights. And it always happens. Once I put it in the God box, it could take a little time. Sometimes things happen very quickly. And other times it might take a little time, but it's okay because I'm relaxed. Sometimes I'll say, God, what do I do? Relax is what I hear. But what do I do? Relax. But what do I do? (laughs) Be, not do, be. Instead of living from the mind and trying to control, live from the heart. Relax. Enjoy the journey. And it used to be, I felt like, well, I I have to be patient. I have to be patient and faithful. And now there's been a slight adjustment rather than patience and faith. It is relax, enjoy the journey. You know, if, if God is your co-pilot switch seats, as I relax and I sit in the co-pilot seat rather than the pilot seat, I can observe the beauty. I can enjoy the scenery. I can see the God winks and the grace. I notice the butterflies and the hummingbirds. It's from that state of grace and faith and relaxed alignment that we see the miracles and the majesty of the world. It's how we perceive the more refined states of heaven on earth. 
So if you're struggling in any place in your life, I just encourage you to consider the story of sovereignty and open your mind to the possibility of saying, God, I'm not sure what the greatest or highest good here is, but I know you do. And it's even okay to say my preference is that it works out in such a way, A, B, C, D. But it's sort of like rather than holding on to it with a clenched fist, you open your hand and hold it lightly. Sort of like if you imagine a handful of sand and you're squeezing it really tightly, the sand comes out of your fingers and you're not going to end up with very much in your hand. But if you hold it lightly, it's piled up on your hand and even more can start to um, flood onto your hand. And we manifest what we can hold for. And if you hold lightly in a more expanded way, what you attract and manifest can show up and it can increase. So the way I like to see it is we have an inner container. And a lot of people are running around on planet Earth with a container the size of a thimble. And they're trying to go out and get, they're trying to get more, they're trying to grab more, they're trying to force and push and control and press. And it's not really supporting them in manifesting that much more because their container is so small. But as we give God sovereignty, as we relax, as we start to understand that we are valuable and worthy from the perspective of the, of the divine, we can start to expand this inner container and that thimble can, can start to grow. It can start to expand into a cup and then a pint and then a gallon and then a wheelbarrow. And then as we relax and live in gratitude and keep giving God sovereignty, it can start to expand into a swimming pool, a pond, a lake and the ocean. From this sovereign place, it's almost like every day is Christmas for me. There are gifts and blessings that show up in ways that are beyond coincidental, beyond synchronistic. This has really supported me in cultivating a very aligned, open, co-creative partnership and best friend friendship with the universe. And from my perspective, this is the most important thing we can do for ourselves in our lives. It's how we become bright lights. We become the living example of being in alignment and living in grace. And as we do, our wattage increases and we brighten up the world, not because of what we're doing, because of who we are being, which is love. And, you know, I like the saying, we crawl before we walk, before we run, before we fly. So years ago, as I gave God sovereignty, it felt like things were very scary and big shifts happened very quickly. But each step was met with grace and God winks. And today, I cannot imagine living my life in any other way than giving God sovereignty constantly and consistently. And as I do, my inner container continues to expand and I manifest more and more to be grateful for. I do think we can have heaven on earth. I do think we can live life like we're going back to the Garden of Eden 
where our needs are provided for, our wants and desires show up with grace and ease. But I don't think it can happen without that partnership and connection and friendship with the divine. So I hope you're opening your mind and heart to living in this more sovereign place with the universe and with God. And I hope you know that you are the child in whom God is well pleased, that you're having a sense that you are an exquisite, miraculous, unique aspect of the divine, that you're important, that you're valuable, that you are in fact priceless. You are precious. You're a vital piece of the puzzle on the planet, never before created, never to be seen again. And if you can relax in this space, I know God's got your back. He's on your side. And there's billions of angels that are just wanting to support you. If you'll open your mind and heart to the relationship, what is it you really want? What is it your heart desires? When the student is ready, the teacher appears. And again, they can show up in many forms and fashions. Angels, books, classes, guides. God can show up in the form of hummingbirds and butterflies, friends, podcasts, and power radio. So I, I, I hope that this has supported you and opened your mind and heart a little bit more to aligning with your soul self and living from that space and place of God winks and grace. Know that you're in my heart and prayers. I'm so grateful for your presence in my life. Please be in touch with me at TammyBPhD.com. Come to my website. Come to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. This is about relationship, and I love being on this journey with you. So God bless you. Take good, gentle care of yourself. You're in my heart and prayers. Onward and upward. Bye for now.